Whenever five or six English-speaking people meet around a fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. It's a genial, festive season, and we love to muse upon graves and dead bodies and murders and blood. Jerome K. Jerome, 1891. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Ghost Spaghetti, the podcast where two people talk about all things ghosts and occasionally something spaghetti while being experts at neither. My name's Jason. My name's Red. And my, oh my, I must say, it's Christmas season. Or rather, Christmas movie season. It's the time of year to pop the Muppet Christmas Carol into the old Betamax. Because nothing says Christmas cozy like Muppets. And ghosts. You know, that's not just a random coincidence. Ghosts in a Christmas story. It stems from a centuries-old tradition. Seriously? Well, think about it. Humans are essentially storytellers, and when the nights are colder, the days are shorter, and people are gathered around for warmth and fire, what better time to start with the ghost stories? Hmm. The dark days around the winter solstice, or the Yule, or Samhain season, are considered a liminal time, a time when we're between years, between seasons, a time when maybe the line between the living and the dead grows thin. A perfect time for the seeds of the Christmas ghost story tradition to flourish. Good point. Yeah, so it's easy to write this off as simply humankind having a compulsion to get together in the dark and share spooky stories, right? Right. But after that came the Victorian era. And as Mm. some of our listeners may know, Victorians were kind of obsessed with death, spiritualism, and occultism. Go on. Seances, secret societies, and picnicking in cemeteries were just a day's entertainment to them. So, of course, spooky ghost stories by the fire fits right in. Oh, that's so cool. And it gets even better. After that came the Industrial Revolution, and with that was more literacy, easier ways to print things, and easier ways to distribute them. So, of course, there was a need for more content. A slew of Victorian authors were now able to write all the stories, ghosts and otherwise, and make some fat stacks off of them. Yeah. We're talking about Elizabeth Gaskell, Arthur Conan Doyle, and guess who else? Charles Dickens. Yep, Charles Dickens. Dickens published A Christmas Carol and basically became Mr. Spooky Christmas. He wrote other holiday ghost stories and edited ghost stories for other people. It was just all the rage. That is so cool. So then what happened? Why am I here in the year of our Lord 2023? With Christmas ghost stories few and far between. Well, there's a couple of speculations as to why the popularity diminished. One was Christmas in America. Some have theorized that as Europeans came to America, there was little resistance to continuing with their inclination towards the supernatural. Like since they were in America, they should adopt a more secular mindset and leave the old world and its superstitions and stories behind. Hmm. And the other... World War II. Oh. Some feel that after the brutality of World War II, a lot of folks just wanted to get away from talking about death and ghosts. But traces of the tradition still remain, like a Christmas carol, and that one song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It boldly demands that there be scary ghost stories. Good point, amigo. 
and who are we to go against the wishes of a holiday song? Are you ready to share a ghost story with our listeners out there in Spaghetti Land? You bet I am, and it's a good one. I now present to you a retelling of the classic story, Smee by A.M. Barrage. I'm not playing any games of hide-and-seek. Why are you being a downer? Are you partied out? I feel perfectly fine, thanks. But I'm not playing hide-and-seek. Some girl who used to live in my friend's house was killed playing hide-and-seek in the dark. Oh my gosh. She didn't know the house very well, and there was a staircase that had a door to it. When she was being chased, she opened the door and jumped into what she must have thought was one of the bedrooms, and she broke her neck at the bottom of the stairs. Were you there when that happened? No, but I was there when something else happened. Something worse. What could possibly be worse? Well, maybe it just seemed worse. Have you ever played a game called Smee? No. Well, it's better than hide-and-seek. Mm. It's called Smee because it's like you're saying, it's me. Each player gets a scrap of paper, and each scrap of paper is blank except for one. And that one will say, Smee. If you get a blank paper, then you're just a player. But if you get the one that says Smee, you're the Smee. Nobody should know who the Smee is except the person who is it. After drawing papers, the lights are then turned out and whoever is the Smee sneaks out of the room to hide. After a while, the other players have to go and look for the Smee. Meanwhile, when you're off searching, you run into other players, but you don't know if they're the Smee or not. You find the Smee by asking the other players you meet, Smee? If they're not the Smee, they reply, Smee. If they are the Smee, they say nothing at all. Okay. As each player finds the Smee, they have to stay with him until they're a big clump of players. The last one to find that group is the loser. Ah. It's pretty fun, especially if you're in a big house like this. Okay. You guys go play while I sit here and have a smoke. Well, if you like the game so much, can we play that? Well, I played it before. Remember that girl I told you about who died at my friend's house? Well, hold up. You just said you weren't there when she died. I wasn't there when she died, but I was there one time when we did place me. And although there were only 12 of us playing that day, for some reason, we kept getting a head count of 13. What? (laughs) After that night, I decided, nope, I'm done with playing hide and seek. Well, for the love of eggnog, will you stop being so cryptic and just tell me what happened? Sure, it'll keep you from bugging me to play. Well, a few years ago, I was spending Christmas Eve at my friend Jenny's. Mm -hmm. I was the last one to get there. So everyone was pretty much settled and comfortable with each other by the time I arrived. And there was one girl there who looked cold, but clever and kind of standoffish. She seemed like the kind of girl that the more they find out about you, the less they like you. Ah, I know the type. Anyway, so I thought she seemed interesting. And I wanted to get to know her. I didn't really have a chance to at dinner since I sat near Jenny and we were just the life of the party, you know, telling stories and cracking up the table. Oh, that's that's you. As the food was winding down, someone suggested we place me. But before we started, Jenny warned us. She said to be careful when we were running around because, like I said, this house had a staircase that was right behind the door. Mm. That's when she told us about the girl who died playing hide-and-seek. So we all promised to be careful, and then we got to work passing out the papers and seeing who was playing and who was the Smee. Okay. 
Now, there were 12 of us together that night, and Jenny passed out the papers, and we got started. The lights went out, it felt spooky, and then we all went off for our first round of Smee. For about 5 to 10 minutes, you could hear everyone running around giggling. Smee? Smee? After a little while, things got quiet, and I guess the Smee was found. Eventually, I found the group all together on a little staircase leading up to an attic. I did my part. I asked, Smee? And since the Smee was there, the group kept quiet. So I hid with them. More and more people came, and finally we thought the round had ended, and we were all there. But our other friend Sam wanted to double-check. He was like, there are 12 of us, right? And he started to do a head count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He counted thirteen. What? I kid you not. So then he pulled out his lighter so he could see better because it was really dark. And he said, well, let me check again. And again, he counts us off. One, two, and again, we're 13. Oh, my gosh. So we all had a laugh and made fun of him, saying, Sam doesn't know how to count and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then Jenny was like, I feel like someone was a couple steps above me. Did any of you move? But everyone said no. And you can tell we all felt an odd feeling about that. Anyway, we went back to the living room and counted again. And yep, we were just 12. So we started on round two, a little creeped out, but a little giddy, since we kind of got more of a feel for the game. This time, I was the Smee, and I sucked. Oh, I bet. <laughs> the elf found me in like five minutes. As we were walking back to the starting point, Sam stopped me, all frantic. He was like, before I found you, I was in the room down the hall, I thought the closet would be a good place for a Smee to hide. So I opened the door and started shuffling the clothes in there around, and I swear, I swear, I touched a hand. No one else could have got in or out of the closet without me seeing them, but it wasn't you, and it wasn't anyone else, so I don't know whose hand that was. Oh my goodness. I was like, Sam, come on, you didn't touch a hand. You probably touched something that felt like a hand. We tried to laugh it off, but it just didn't feel right. Anyway, we all get back to the living room, and even though we weren't really feeling it anymore, we got ready for round three. Okay. Again, we huddled up and got the papers out, and we selected the players and a Smee. This time I wasn't the Smee, but I still felt a chill on my spine. The first place I looked was this window seat behind one of those thick blackout curtains. I couldn't see anything, but I sensed someone was there, so I said, Smee? And nothing. Which makes sense, because if I found the Smee, they would be silent, right? Uh-huh. By this time, my eyes had adjusted to the light, and I could swear I saw a girl's arm. And I'm almost certain it was that girl from dinner, the one who was kind of standoffish. Mm. And I was like, hey, what's your name? And she whispered, Brenda Ford. When she said that, I don't know, I felt this blanket of fear come over me. I can't explain it, but I knew something was wrong. I did not like being trapped with this weird girl in this tiny window seat, and I was praying that someone else would find us and this whole thing could just be over with. Thank God Jenny finally found us. She poked her head in and was like, Smee? And I was like, no, I'm not the Smee, but the Smee is here. Because I assumed it was this Brenda girl sitting there all quiet. 
Anyway, a while later, Sam found us and was like, what are you doing here? We've all been waiting for you so we can start over. You both lose because you didn't find us. Apparently someone else was this me. And the rest of the group was hiding somewhere else waiting for us. Oh my gosh. So we start walking back to the living room and Sam pulled me aside all mad like, listen, I know you like Jenny or whatever, but you can't stop the whole game just to flirt with her in the window seat. And I was like, dude, that is not what happened, I swear. I swear I thought I found the Smee and then Jenny came and she thought she found her too. So we were waiting there for you guys. And then Sam was like, it was just you and Jenny there. Who did you think you found? The curtain rod? So I was like, no, really. I thought the Smee was that weird girl. She said her name was Brenda Ford. And Sam was like, dude, that's not funny. And I told him, I'm definitely not trying to be funny. Come to find out the thing they told us about a girl falling down the stairs and dying. That girl's name was Brenda Ford. And that's this week's episode of Ghost Spaghetti. We hope this episode left you dying for more. Tune in next week when we make a stop between the intersection of spirits and shopping malls. And if you have your own favorite Christmas ghost story, share it with us at ghostspaghettipodcast at gmail.com. To spook us on Instagram, we are at ghostspaghettipodcast. Or to find us and our ghost writings, go to our haunt on the web at ghostspaghetti.com. Eat you later, meatballs. Meatballs.